Children of all ages, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. I'm your conspiracy asshole. Are we vibing right? Are we vibing right? Get the pocket square right for the ladies, for some of y'all men. A player, when he walks in, he's got to be a pimp on the metaphorical blimp. Are we grinding tonight? Are we shining tonight? You got to ask yourself. You got to dive deep. We are only promised so much in this life. The only thing we are promised is a little bit amount of time. We got to take that time tonight. We gotta have some gratitude for this time that we're gonna share together live. In person on the internet. We're gonna grind. We're gonna shine. Cause that's what we do. That's how we vibe. This is Primetime 99 Alex Stein. I don't know any other way to do it. We got a lot of topics we're gonna cover tonight. You're like, Alex, why are you coming back on the show tonight? You just did a long stream with Jaron and David, the Baby Truther Show. Well, let me tell you something. I saw a Truther video that I was like, I gotta do a stream about how the Challenger crash, how the astronauts would have survived that. And I read a great Howard Stern article, so we gotta open it up with Howard Stern, but we gotta get the vibes right. It's the first five minutes. We're just getting some people here in the chat. We gotta get emotionally ready, build the energy up. Harness our good vibrations within. Together we can do this. Together we can feel that energy. And when you inhale it, you'll actually feel taller. That's right. You will grow. You will literally grow when you can take in that air and you can breathe. Feel that oxygen. Feel your heart pump that blood coursing through your veins. Get those good vibrations right. Pump out all that horse hockey. Get the energy flowing, dog. We're flowing tonight. I wish I was joking. And if you're out there in Canada and it's legal, I know what you're smoking, right? Right? Ah, 420, you guys like that, right? I'm in a good mood tonight. I'm just excited. I'm really, really, really excited because the king, the king himself We gotta wait to hear the beat drop. It's primetime 99, we let the beat drop. And that's how we do it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to The Conspiracy Castle. I'm your conspiracy asshole, and what I'm gonna do tonight is I'm gonna be your tour guide in and out of the matrix, that's right. You are living in a world of lies, and you are at the right place, the primetime 99 castle. I'm the primetime 99 asshole, and I'm gonna help you decode the baby back 
Bull crap, dog. They lying. And I'm going to stop them because they be trying me. They try me too much. And that's what I say to the Illuminati. I say, try me, dog. I'm primetime 99. I will chew you up like a freaking vegan pita from Zoe's Cafe. And I will shit you out. I will digest you. That's what I say to the New World Order. Because that's the mindset we have to have. Because they want you to live in that trauma-based, mind-controlled, constant fight-or-flight reactionary mindset. I talk about it all the time because it's such an important thing. Because even I struggle with it. And I'm very conscious of it. No matter how conscious you are of it, there's so much trauma-based mind control. There's so much manipulation. Even the most cognizant person still falls victims and still falls into the metaphorical bear trap because that's what they do. See, they have a thing called natural law. It's like they don't feel guilt about what's happening now because they coax us into agreeing to it all. It's like uh, David Weiss should tell me uh, to describe it. It's as if they were in the woods and they put a bear trap in the woods. Well, they don't have to tell you where the bear trap is, but when you're walking into the woods, there'd be somewhere that says a sign like, there is a bear trap somewhere in this woods. We're not gonna tell you where, we're not going to tell you how many. We're not going to tell you how many traps. We're just going to let you know there are traps. And that's what they do because they do that a lot of times with the tomfoolery with NASA and you look at the Biden microphones, whatever you want to call it. You know, and especially with a lot of the, you know, events, they purposely leave breadcrumbs so people like us will look into it and spiral and go out of control because there's no other way to react to it. I mean, there's really no other way other than to spiral and to react to it, especially when they make mistakes on purpose that we can notice. And, and that's what I'm trying to say is the trauma-based mind control is not that great. It's not that hard to decode or decipher because I'm not that smart of a guy. I'm not. I'm not. I can I'm, think I'm okay at public speaking. I'm not the best. But, you know, just because I can talk a lot and, and I have verbal diarrhea doesn't make me smart, but I'm able to see that we are in a world of lies we're living in a system that's built to fail. And then when it fails, it's going to be replaced with a worse system. You see what I'm saying? It's like all these people, I mean, I don't get, I'm not in the finance car, you know, I don't finance people cars. So I don't sell people high dollar cars. I sell people cheap ass cars. But uh, really what America's doing, to give you a car analogy, is we bought too nice of a car and our car payment is going to be too high. And we're going to have to trade in America's current government. And we're going to trade in. And I'm not, I'm not saying America is currently an Escalade, but it's a Tahoe. It's a Suburban. America is a Suburban. Now, is it the best car? Does it get the best gas mileage? No. Is it reliable, though? Is it dependable? Does it fit the whole family? Do we have room for luggage? Yeah, America is that Tahoe right now. Even as bad as it is, it's still a Tahoe. Is it luxury? No. Probably not. We don't have the sunroof. We don't have the Sirius XM radio. We don't have the Bose system. But what we're going to happen is we're going to get into a metaphorical debt to ourselves. We're going to have to trade in the current United States government, Tahoe, and for a Toyota Yaris. And Toyota Yaris, we're not going to fit in that. It's not going to work out. Well, you're going to trade us in for an $11,000 brand new Toyota or something. Clown car. And I like those clown cars because I don't like to burn gas. But I'm saying for a country, for a car that represents what you are and what you stand for, what we're transitioning into and what we're going to trade in our current system, is it the best in the world? No. But it is that dependable Tahoe that got us here that you can always rely on the snow, sleet, snail, slail, whatever I can't even see. Uh, what is it? Snow, sleet, or hail. That's what I'm trying to say. Excuse me. The Chevy Tahoe will always be dependable and will always take you through the tough road ahead. The Toyota Yaris not so much. So when we trade in this system, maybe outdated, maybe does need some tweaks here or there. But when we trade it in for the new crap, all the newer cars have more sensors, have more issues. And those sensors of a car is a good analogy for the sensitivity of America. It's like only 1% is offended by this bullcrap. 99% of society doesn't even care about the political correctness or the social justice stuff. But it's the 1% of people with blue check marks on their Twitter account that can direct the whole narrative. And the 1% of people, less than 1%, the media, 
can drive the narrative and make us hate one another. So it's just really kind of sad that we can't see how few people really control our moods, for lack of a better word. But once we can realize that, then we can kind of take back our life. We can take back our government. But sadly, it's not looking good. And the Tahoe system that we got, that we love so much, with a third row seat, that even when you had friends and family, you can all fit them in the car because America, hey, that's what we are. We're about second chances. We're about dependability, my guy. Not in the future. We're going to become a Toyota. We're going to become a Hyundai. And I like those cars. Those cars are okay, but they're not the right car for the job. In Texas, I'm in Texas, people need trucks. America was like a good F-250 truck, dog. And we're going to trade us in for like a motorcycle. It's not going to be good. So we're on a system that's built to fail, and it's going to be replaced with a worse system. Like a lot of my homies like to say, worser system. And that's cool, too. I like saying worser system. That, that, that even sounds better. Rolls off my tongue even better a little bit. Shay Shay TK. I like it when you say Alex is the best. Yes, you know, I got the chest. I'm going to beat the chest when you say Alex is the best. That's the first rule of the conspiracy castle. When you say Alex is the best, you beat the chest. I actually got in trouble after a football sack my junior year of high school. My first sack, first varsity sack. It was the first, it was like the first series of the first game, my uh, junior year. I did this, ah, and the coach took me out and told me I was never allowed to do that. So I, uh, maybe I have a little bit of like a uh, weird fever dream uh, of, of beating my chest and getting my coach yelling at me. So when you say I'm the best, we beat the chest. And we're not talking about the D-Live chest. We're live on D-Live. Thank you, big buddy, bro. Thank you. Is that Scar Bear? Is that Saracen Bear? Is that the same bear? There's so many bears. So many bears, I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you bears apart. You know what I mean? I wonder how many people that aren't bears. Well, I guess they're not even in the bear chat, so it wouldn't even matter. You wouldn't even know a person that's not a bear. That's Well, I guess there's probably some people that have bear in their name that are in the chats that didn't know of the relation to Owen Benjamin. But... The sheer fact that Owen has that many fans with the name Baron, and I have respect for Owen's fandom, but like last night, we, we didn't really go in it too deep with Jay, but like Jay and him have beef. I didn't know exactly what they've said about each other. I'd like to, I need to do a little more investigation to see. I know I saw Jay posting videos of, of guys that kind of dissect uh, Owen's like theological views, but I mean, come on, I don't care about two people arguing over their theological views. I could care less. Nobody's, that's the problem. Everybody thinks their theological views are, are 100% correct. Oh, and that, that, that's what I want to say. Uh, Suski Sagara, a $100 donation. You talk about, and this is what he said for me, and I just want to say thank you so much. This is the main, this is one of the main reasons I did the stream. Of course, I was like, I got to talk about the $100 donation. Then I got why I wasn't live. And he sent a very nice message. He said, you talk about God with honesty and humbleness. Most Christians think they know God. They think they have to be able to describe God. I think you're the kind of people that God would say to Good and faithful servant. I admire you, Alex. And that's what I'm trying to say. Now, I'm not trying to, I'm not patting my back. I'm trying to be honest when I come to my depiction of God. It's that I just think there, I know there is a God. I believe and can feel God, but I'm not going to tell you how to connect to him. You know, that connection is within you. And I think there are multiple ways to reach that all-powerful God. I mean, I know you're going to say, oh, that's like, uh, that's like cheating. Well, when you can feel God, you can feel his presence. You can connect to that interdimensional being. I don't even know. What, I don't want to call it that because it's more than that. You know, you can tell that there's something more to this. What is that? I don't know, dude. And I'm not going to quote the scripture and try to, you know, force feed you what I feel is right. And then if you don't believe me, you know, you just beat me up about it or don't beat me up. I don't really care. I don't. I don't care in turning you in some sort of, of faith. That's not my job. My job is to tell you that there is a creator and that you're not, you are not insignificant and that your life does matter. After that, it's, it's your job to do with your life what you want. I don't care. I don't care. And a lot of that, like, you know, that's why I'm like, you know, I don't care. I'm, I'm basically a liberal. I know I'm saying that. I mean, I'm in the middle. I'm not one of these social justice warrior liberals, but I'm saying I'm a libertarian Whatever you want to call it, I'm pretty easy going. I don't care if gays get married. I don't really care about it. Like you guys just say, you know, that's blasphemous or this and that. I don't. I also don't think you should force your religion on other people that don't want to follow it. You know what I mean? That's also, I believe in that too. So, 
We're in this weird society where we guilt people if they're different than us. So we want to say like, oh, you know, racism doesn't exist. Well, I can tell you that preconceived notions that people have of stereotypes will always exist. So there's always going to be issues before evidence. And that's the problem with society. It's like issues before evidence. You know, we don't actually see what's happening. We just feel a certain sort of way, an emotional response, an issue that causes us to have a certain uh, uh, emotional response over the evidence of, is it really worth it? Is, is, is something real causing this? Or is this manufactured on purpose to steal my louche and to steal my good vibrations and to put me in a negative state of mind of fight or flight? Something you got to look into for yourself. You got to do a little deep dive. You got to pay attention because like I always say, the trauma-based mind control is around you all over. It never stops. Not from this form of entertainment, not to this form of entertainment, even this form of entertainment you're watching right now, even I have to cuck to the system. Well, how much longer will I be doing this on YouTube? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I'm not on Rockfin yet, but I mean, there's things like Rockfin. There, it seems like there might be avenues where we will be able to talk. But at the same time, even if your speech is free, it's never truly free if they limit my ability to operate or live in society. So, yeah, they might say you can say whatever you want, but because you said that, you can't fly on a plane. Because you said that, you can't get a loan at the Universal Basic Income Center. Because you said that, you can't get social credits. You know what I mean? So there are still ways to punish you. Uh, so, man, society is really at a precipice of culture change. And the new culture that's coming in is exactly out of Brave New World, exactly out of 1984. It's all been predetermined and all spoken to us. I mean, this is the plan. The dehuman agenda, or whatever you want to call it, the dehumanization of humanity. I mean, literally, Alex Jones, I say this stuff dead seriously. I know I'm saying it with a smile on my face, but it's like, man, I almost feel like I'm being facetious when I describe this stuff, but that's really what's going on. It is the decline of Western civilization, and I didn't think that that, I didn't understand that. I didn't have the, the, the brain ability to comprehend what that even meant. But that's what's happening, guys. It's the decline of Western civilization as we know it, done on purpose and strategically brought down in order to bring a new ruling power across the world. And I think that ruling power is influenced by Satan. I mean, I know it's influenced by Satan. So you can argue that, you know, people are using, creating hell on earth in order to change the outcome of their current life. I mean, it doesn't get any freakier than that. I mean, can y'all give me a break, dude? What did you just say, Alex? You think there's satanic beings stealing our loose and keep us in a negative vibration so they can rule the world? Money doesn't matter to them. They're more about ceremony. <laughs> I know, I couldn't make this stuff up. I mean, I guess you could make it up, but I didn't make this stuff up. I, I read this stuff. I watched this stuff. I learned about this stuff through other mediums. And so I'm regurgitating what I've learned. And it's really, 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 really scary, deep, dark world. And, you know, I definitely want to come on tonight because so a friend of my dad's is in hospice and a guy that's this, you know, shade tree mechanic friend of ours that's worked on cars and stuff for, you know, a long time. Charles, two of guys. And my dad was really affected by her on hospice. Me, I'm a, I'm gonna go see Charles, and I need to go see freaking John Norris. I'm, I'm uh, I gotta go see John too. I gotta go see them both out of respect to my dad. But I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's like you know seeing people on hospice right before they die. There's no way that's enjoyable. And I'm seeing my dad go and talk to these people right before they died, and I can just tell his energy's drained. I go and see him, and he's just in bed, and it's just. It makes me feel sick to my stomach thinking that there is an expiration date for us all. We're all going to kick the metaphorical bucket. But I'm telling you, when you go to the other side, I believe it, it can't be any worse than it is here. So they might want to make you in scary and make you think it is, but I don't think that to be the case. But it's not about that. It's to realize that the only currency that we truly have of any value is time. And then I have a little more time. Hopefully, I mean, not, tomorrow's not promised I can get a car accident. But just on average, you know, the younger you are, the more time on average you're promised. So 
the bigger opportunity you have to actually enjoy it or savor the flavor because it flashes before your eyes, I believe. And I don't have any other information to, to prove that other than, you know, um, anecdotal evidence that you hear. But I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you this much. We spend so much of our life not living that not enough people take advantage of the time we have is what I'm saying. So it's like, will you even know like you're dead and you're, you're going to be sad that you wasted that time? Because think about how much time we waste already in our lives. So I guess we all die a hypocrite maybe. Sadly. Wish I could have done more. Wish I would have done. Well, what would you have done? Traveled. I would have gone to Paris. I would have been in Paris. Paris. I always envisioned Paris. Bitch, Paris is annoying, dude. Everybody there speaks French. Try to go order an American-style hot dog. Okay? I know you live in a trailer. You eat hot dogs. That, that Nobody cares, Janet. Paris isn't that great. No, but we have these illusions of grandeur. We want to live forever. We want to, we want to have this you know, knowledge of, of why, why, why are we here? And I don't know that, but I do know that there is some sort of peace in dying because what they want us to do is the literal transhuman agenda is where we plug ourselves into a computer and we live forever. But I don't think that that is living forever because you're living in a simulation in that case. And, and, and as soon as they plug you into that machine, you die. So, we need to die. We have to want to die, but dying's bad. I'm not saying we need to kill ourselves. We have to be gracious, but I'm saying it's just part of the cycle. You know, it's like the, the lowly caterpillar doesn't know he turns into the butterfly. Caterpillar probably thinks he's about to die. Caterpillar's like, feels sick. He goes into a cocoon. The caterpillar's like, this can't be good. Next thing you know, the mother trucker is a butterfly, dog. So think about that. Are you going to be that caterpillar that turns into that butterfly? And I believe you will be. Now, are you going to literally turn into a bug with wings? No, I'm speaking metaphorically. Do I read the chat? I know, it's funny the words that I read in the chat. I see when it says, do you read the chat? I guess question marks stick out in the chat. Maybe that's why I noticed. I don't really read the chat much. No, I'm usually talking and thinking. I know I should, I should uh, participate in the chat more. See, now I lost my train of thought what I was talking about. What was I just talking about? Uh, what was I just talking? Oh, yeah, yes, 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 yes. I got to get to Krispy Kreme. What I'm saying is we don't want to live forever. The transhumanist idea is living forever is hell. So as much as we fear the end, let's freaking act like it. Instead of talking about it, let's be about it. That's the problem. We don't actually take advantage. And I, I fall victim to that all the time where I don't really fall. I don't really take advantage of, of what I have in front of me. Not all the time. A lot of times I do take advantage, but not all the time. One thing I am going to take advantage of is the free donut. And tomorrow on Jaron's show, we'll do a, uh, a live segment at the Krispy Kreme. So I believe that'll be very entertaining and interesting. Uh, maybe we'll do like a pre-interview, I'm guessing, like a live stream test on the regular show the free show and then uh on the x-rated version not that it's x-rated you know what i mean the pg-13 version we will watch it uh we'll do it like live at the mother trucking crispy cream donuts okay hold on i wanted to play something while i listen to a little how okay here let's see if we let's play something while let me set this up i just can't believe freaking the howie stern is howard stern's finished as you guys got to see this article let me look howard's end let me read this i just can't i can't believe oh howie this guy was my hero hop along howie Hop Along Howie was the man. That was actually not a good nickname. He didn't like Hop Along Howie, but uh, okay, let me read this. Howard's in. Shock Jock Stern has lost his sting and his mojo. And this is April 27th, 2021. 
Let me see if I can zoom in a little bit more, a little bit more for y'all. Uh, that's good. Okay. The Howard Stern Show, long in decline, is dead. In March 2020, when New York City officially went into lockdown, Stern fled his basement in the Hamptons over one year later and now vaccine. Uh, you know, I don't say it. He first admitted on air Monday back from yet another vacation. Stern has still has no intention of ever returning to his Midtown studio, his luxury Upper West Side apartment or any semblance of pre-pandemic life. Wow. He doesn't want to go back to it. Okay. The Howard Stern who stayed on air as planes flew into the World Trade Center is unrecognizable. Things will never get back to normal, he declared just two weeks ago. I do not believe the pandemic will ever be over. For a once constant listener like me, this is heretical, especially here in New York City where every single neighborhood is struggling to survive. Also, Howard, this pandemic will end, even though you, a germaphobic recluse, clearly wish it would not. But such sentiments have defined Stern's show and attitude this past year. Pessimism, anger, and a worldview that shrinks ever inward, limited in size and scope to the basement, the literal and metaphorical dwelling place of this once great show. Stern, 67, renewed his contract with SiriusXM last December, signing for five years at a reported $120 million per year. This is incredible considering he works three days a week, Monday through Wednesday, broadcasting maybe three hours per day, about 112 shows per year with 253 days off. That's a salary of over a million dollars per show, dude. He does 112 shows, he gets paid $120 million Wow. I make $1,400 a show, though, so. I'm the real king of conspiracy. I know a million dollars is more, but is it more? Is a million dollars more than $1,400? Mine was without performance-enhancing inflators like he has. So mine's better and harder. This is his old Howard Stern uh, private parts bit. The average radio listener listens for 18 minutes. The average Howard Stern fan listens for, are you ready for this? An hour and 20 minutes. Answer most commonly given. I want to see what he'll say next. As for those who loathe Stern, the average Stern hater listens for two and a half hours a day. The most common answer, I want to see what he'll say next. Wow. That's just a cliche. Today, it's all too easy to predict what Stern will say next. Just take my word for it. Endless Reddit threads and Facebook groups are devoted to carbon dating the show's death, parsing over its comedic breadcrumbs and wondering why Stern even bothers anymore. Look at him in 92, dog. This guy was my hero. This my freaking hero. Now, not at all. Indeed, Stern sounds like a guy who should have retired years ago, one begging to be fired in an attempt to end his own misery. Howard, your listeners are right there with you. Put us all out of misery. Consider a typical show consisting on a daily, Groundhog Day-like basis of such content as imitations of his non-agree, non, uh, what is that, agrarian uh, parents? Why don't I know how to say that? Non-agrarian parents? I'm probably saying that wrong. And their hearing loss. Non-agenarian? Oh, I guess they're not aging. Non-agenarian parents and their hearing loss. What, what, what did you say? As enjoyable as talking to one's own hard of hearing relatives while revisiting slights and traumas from his childhood, yet insisting that decades of three to four day a week therapy have made him less angry and more evolved. We usually segue into graphic sex-obsessed talks with Ronnie the Limo Driver, 71-year-old Stern Show mainstay, who has now become its lead character, eating up airtime and surpassing Stern himself. Hope Ronnie got a raise for all this heavy lifting. Unlistenable though, unlistenable though he may be. The show is unlistenable. Look at this. This guy's Ronnie the limo driver and he's actually moving. He's actually moving to Las Vegas. His house is for sale. If it's Monday, we may get a recap of Howard's weekend, which typically involves how many Peloton classes he took, updates on his lifelong disordered eating, current blood levels, and rants on why the one percenters who live near him in the Hamptons Post-vaccine, won't wear blanks all the time. If his much younger model wife, Beth, comes up, it's discuss how efficiently she cleans now that the maids are gone, her eating habits and blood levels, and the hundreds of rescue cats that cycle in and out of their house. See, I got a lot of cats too, so I got a lot of Howard Stern stuff going on. I'm Primetime 99 Alex Stein. I'm the king of all conspiracy. I'm going to be the guy that dethrones Howard Stern from the top. I will be the new Howard Stern, and I will take us into, you know, I will be the Matrix Breaker. I will be the new Neo. I will be the leader of the counterculture. Well, I don't know if I'll be the leader. But I'm a grand and shine like Howard. I'm the king of all conspiracy. 
I'm gonna be grinding and shining. I know that. Okay, let's get back to the article. Next, we'll probably take some calls from the mentally impaired characters known as the Whack Pack or be subjected to prank phone calls that Stern and Sister are real but are clearly fake and scripted. He's such a liar. In lieu of picking on society's weakest, Stern will turn his rage on most any staffer in his sights. It says something that even the most picked-upon loyalist, says his producer of 37 years, doesn't even bother to really fight back anymore. I know Gary Delabate doesn't do anything to fight back anymore. Why? My guess is that Stern's rants are so expected and so often hit the same notes, personal hygiene, looks, financial status, marital troubles, professional incompetence, that even attacked staffers feel the same boredom that long ago came over the listener. And how could they not? Stern long ago abandoned his best attribute going after famous hypocrites. Hilaria Baldwin, for example, pretending for years to be from Spain, when in really she's from Boston, dog. And bagging a movie star would have once been Stern show fodder for days. Not anymore. Cheers to you, Hilaria. But Hilaria barely rates a mention. Why? Can't piss off Howard's good pal Alec in the Hamptons, Alec Baldwin. Howard's in with the cool kids, all he ever really wanted, despite claims to the contrary. That's what I'm saying. Howard used to be the guy that's like, oh, I don't want to be Hollywood. Hollywood's lame. He was the original guy that said Hollywood's lame. Even though he'd have him on his show and he'd have the actors on, he used to at least kind of troll him a little. You know, some that he liked, some like, you know, big A-list celebrities. Of course, he would kiss their ass a little bit. But a lot of the lower-level sitcom people, he would actually tease and make fun of Hollywood and be, like, not about it and just, call, you know, say how vapid it was and how materialistic and how lame and douchey. And then he became exactly, as soon as he became a part of it, got the opportunity to become a part of it, all his whole entire attitude changed towards it. So, Who's the hypocrite now? Instead, we get musings on how wonderful Stern's BFF Jimmy Kimmel is, who sucks, Ugh. and what it's like to go to parties at Jimmy's house in L.A. and hobnob with George Clooney. Howard the everyman, the commuter's best friend, R.I.P. Or his days as a judge on America's Got Talent, which was garbage. This thin, tepid gruel is finished off with what it looks, what, what it was like for Howard the Renegade to break into radio, deep dive instructions on how to queue up songs on vital, vinyl. General, get off my lawn, gripes over life in America, circa now. I don't know what you could do to get noticed on this YouTube. Just cancel sports. Who cares? So effing dumb. Podcasts, they're bores. They're effing bores. He doesn't like this podcast. You don't like this show, Howard. I know why you don't like the show, Howie. And I'm not taking it as a personal thing, but come on, let's be real. Yeah, I can. I, I can't read very well. I read at a sixth grade level. One day I will get my reading level up, but it's, you know, hooked on phonics is not, I need an adult version. But guys, this guy right here, Howie, Howie the hypocrite. I mean, it's just so funny to me to see this guy, this guy that I used to revere and I still respect, but just to see his fall from, from grace is just so sick. And like, he goes after podcasts exactly right here. And he, that's been his, that has been his MO for over 10 years. He's really been anti-podcast. He used to have Adam Carolla on and he used to make fun of Adam Carolla. He's like, oh, you have a big podcast. Really and truly, he knows podcasts are a big deal now, but he still acts like this because that's part of his shtick. And I get it. He's got the wig. He's got the front lace wig or however it glues to his head. But, um, you know, it just is what it is. I mean, people just, you know... He has an ego that he wants to protect, and I guess I can understand that, but he, he would be so much more relatable to people still if he would just let his guard down. But, like, his guard has only gotten up. You'd think as, as famous as he is now, um, you know, he would just have a better understanding of, like, how famous he is and have a little self-deprecation. Like, on the air, he tries to act like he makes fun of himself, but really and truly, maybe if he does on the air, but he takes himself so serious in his real life but he's just, oh, he's just such a bore. He's just such a guy that I just can't even stand. He was a hero, and now it's just, oh, really, really sad. Perhaps the last sentiment is related to Stern's waning influence. Upon the announcement of Stern's imminent contract renewal in 2020, B. Riley analyst Zach Silver wrote to clients in part, is Howard Stern really still worth $100 million plus a year? Our recent survey work suggests that only a low single-digit percentage of respondents subscribe to SiriusXM solely because of Howard Stern. Silver suggested that the re-up most benefited the company's stock price. For investors, he wrote, we believe that a potential renewal with Stern serves a proof point that SiriusXM can continue to retain and attract top talent to its, to its service. Really, why should Stern put any effort into his show when he's been rewarded for hardly working? The less he puts into the show, the more he treats his paying audience with contempt, the more money he makes. 
No wonder he won't leave his bunker. That's right. All that said, one of the most perplexing decisions of fans of late is the unexplained dropping of the show's most popular segment, historically airing last, the news with sidekick Robin Quivers going through the day's headlines while Stern riffed extemporaneously. And that's why I like to do the news, guys. The segment, the, they, he, always ended the shoes, the new, he always ended the show doing the news. Shoes, I was going to say shoes. And that was always fun. The way he dissected the news, I'm sure now he's a social engineer. He's probably, you know, had an agenda that whole time. I didn't even realize it, but you know what I mean? It was still fun hearing him say the news and not some boring ass newscaster. Whether it was fake, obviously it probably was fake, but the news cost nothing to produce, was a must listen, and usually guaranteed at least one unpredictable hot take from Stern, earning him a spot in the news cycle. See, that's what's good. He used to have some hot button opinion. He probably used to do that on purpose just to... Stir up the media. Yet in quarantine, the most newsworthy year in recent memory, this segment has completely disappeared with zero explanation. There may be no greater F you to his long-term, long-time fan base. Even that is too much work. Like, he took off that segment. Give me a break, Howie. The self-proclaimed king of all media has, without seeming to realize it, given a master class in how to lose an entirely captive audience. Wow. Sirius XM doesn't release ratings, but as far back as 2013, Stern knew he was in trouble. He called a crisis meeting, thankfully taped and leaked by a disgruntled employee. You can watch it on YouTube. This is Howard Stern as Norma Desmond blaming everyone else for his decline. Here he is standing alone on a stage with his beleaguered staff. And this video got leaked. This is so funny. To listen to him. But you got to watch like the long version. It's hotter than a pistol. Why is he not on our show anymore? Let's ask him. Let's invite him to the party. So this is a this is a private this is a private office only um, you know kind of like a not a come to Jesus meeting but basically like a motivational meeting to kind of get the show going again. This is done in 2013, and that's really when the show started to really 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 go downhill. Friends of the court, we expect you to come at least two times a year. Yeah, John Stewart should visit us two times a year. I don't think that's too much to ask. I love your show. We were once your marketing strategy, and now we need you to be part of ours. Payback. Where is the list of people who did our show who we really helped? And why are we not calling on these people to help us in the future? We're talking about the success of the Howard Stern Show. Your job, my job, and this isn't being addressed. So how do we get there? I'm going to put together a core team. I'm not going to go into who's going to be on that core team now. I'm still assembling it, but this is going to be done. It's not like maybe we should do this. This is happening. It's happening by March 1st. There will be a core team that gets put together that regularly strategizes on how we're going to make this the tapes team, the marketing strategy. Again, I was on your Facebook page that day that I was writing in the well, this this thing, you got to watch the whole thing, but it just shows how you know Howard. You know, I mean, it's like any business meeting. I mean, it's it's the inside baseball. It's how the sausage is made. And if you're a real fan, it is interesting. But if you're not, it's I mean, it's kind of a bore because you guys don't know a lot of the references. You know what he begins? If this show isn't here in three years, you don't have an effing job. I'm pissed. He was getting start. He was just getting started. Why Stern asks, can't he get Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt? Hell, even Neil Young to appear on his show. It's bugging the S out of me, he said. Neil Young shouldn't be able to shit without hearing somebody talking about me. Wow. That's what he says in the video. I got to find it. A PowerPoint of favored guests whom Stern fawns over a disgusting degree on air turned into a verbal assault against almost every single one. Winnie Cumming was doing jack shite when we found her. She was going nowhere faster and said, Adam Levine owes us, man. No one was looking for him before The Voice. And David Letterman, I've done his show probably 27 effing times. And he's only been on our show twice. I feel you, Howard. feel you. Yeah, this is him and David. These guys are freaking... Mm, who knows what's going on with those dudes? Maybe Stern should have asked him himself why he, unlike some others in show business, doesn't beget loyalty. Nah. He kept on blaming the overworked, underappreciated, and abused staff who, he added, looked like unwashed slobs. That's how he described the people sitting in the audience. We look like we have homeless people working here, Stern said. Publicists, managers, celebrities go, oh, this show is so gross. Look at them. They look like bums. They don't know what they're doing. You just blown it for me. Go F, go the F home and go get dressed.
After all, Stern said the Howard Stern show is maybe the coolest, hippest place to work on the planet. At one point it was. Um, even if Stern didn't know the name of that rock star who could maybe convince Eddie Vedder to appear, the late Chris Cornell or that Brad Pitt isn't from Kansas, Missouri, or that celebrity guest had been left to linger in the lobby. No show escort before giving up and going home. That's John Bon Jovi. That happened to twice. Underpinning all this rage was Stern admitted the company's overall disdain for a show. Sirius has treated us in a very odd way, Stern said. We're going to fix that. I've heard Scott Greenstein say, oh, why would we put Artist X on your show? Why are you effing, what are you, effing high? You put them on our show because we're the only channel anyone's listening to. Okay, well, this is Howard's minutiae. You know, this is just what we expect from Howard Stern. The guy is an absolute freaky deaky. But his show is done, guys. He was the king. He was the top dog. Howard Stern was the king of all media. But now you got primetime 99 Alex Stein. I'm going to be the king of all conspiracy. We're going to take this thing to the tippy top. That's what I'm saying. I'm not joking. I wish I was joking, guys. But we're grinding and shining. Okay, guys, you know, uh, the reason why I'm going to come on is I, I guess I need to name this also the Baby Truth or Post Show because I deleted the pre-show. I was like, I need to come and do an hour-long show after. So so this, this, this stream won't be the longest stream, but I wanted to get a show in tonight so I have one on my channel because I think people, when they look at it and they decide to subscribe on your channel by if you have content every day, like, I think that's like a big thing for some people. It is for me. I like it when I see somebody's uploading regularly because then i feel like oh maybe i should subscribe they're putting in the work but i don't want people just subscribe because they think i'm just working hard i want them to actually like the entertainment obviously but uh, this is the video i wanted to show so this one for me i just love anything space anything i mean i'm not i, I really was never into science fiction space but i like like real how they describe space from earth type space and so uh this video i was just like oh man this is some good good this is that good good okay so let me get it keyed up Let's go and right here. The night before the launch, Beaujolais repeated his warning. But with the previous shuttle having just set a record for delays, NASA's leaders were impatient. Beaujolais' bosses told NASA the O-ring evidence in the memo was inconclusive. Challenger's launch was ordered. A puff of black smoke at liftoff was the ominous sign that Beaujolais was right. The O-rings had already failed. The smoke appeared when they burned. After a few seconds, a jet of flame appeared. A post-accident report by NASA described it with passionless precision. The plume is seen here impinging directly onto the surface of the external tank and the lower aft strut at 60.248 seconds. The sideways flame burned like a welder's torch through the gap left by the blown O-rings. It pierced the giant orange fuel tank and fuel began streaming out. Still, no one knew anything was wrong. Not until Challenger, its astronauts, and its teacher in space had flown for 73 seconds. At 73.191 seconds, a flash was observed between the ET and orbiter that was immediately followed by the start of total vehicle breakup at 7... Well, let me do one thing. Let me do this. Sorry. 73.213 seconds. During the next 100 milliseconds, additional flashes occur in the SRB forward attach area. As the ET broke up, the released fluids vaporized rapidly, producing an expanding cloud of gases, vapors, and cryogenic fluid with embedded debris and localized combustion of mixed gases. No shock wave or other evidence of a violent explosion was detected in the imagery. Illumination from a combination of SRB plume radiance, reflected sunlight, and peripheral burning of gases gives the cloud the appearance of a fireball. By 73.6 seconds, the main engines were in automatic shutdown mode as a result of reduced propellant pressures. The last telemetry from Challenger was received 73.618 seconds after launch. The actual vehicle breakup was essentially obscured from view by the vapor cloud which abruptly enveloped the vehicle. Hundreds of fragments were noted exiting the ET cloud. Those identified included the shuttle main engines, the left wing, crew cabin, and both SRBs. What was happening to the crew at this moment? They were still alive. Challenge is fast, launch is fast. It's bang, and then it's a two minute ride down. And you're conscious, we know that. Astronaut Story Musgrave told me the crew survived in that white cloud. It was Challenger's fuel tank that exploded. The shuttle itself just broke apart. The crew compartment with its seven living occupants 
was intact. The initial path of the crew cabin from the vapor cloud carried it across the path of an adjacent contrail, clearly revealing its truncated form and attitude. The left wing became visible at 78.531 seconds. The main engines and crew cabin are also identifiable. It took 2 minutes and 45 seconds for the crew cabin to hit the water. The impact speed was 207 miles an hour. A NASA statement released after the accident reads, the forces to which the crew were exposed during orbiter breakup were probably not sufficient to cause death or serious injury. And well, let's read this. The forces to which the crew were exposed during orbiter breakup were probably not sufficient to cause death or serious injury. So this is what I was talking about earlier. It's like they give us the clues that we know it's fake. And like I'm about to pull up the link. I'm sure everybody here, a lot of people have seen it. Like we can find all these guys have doppelgangers that are still alive. And we'll, we'll break that down. We'll, we'll show that video next. But I just want to harp on this right now. Now, this is an official news story from, let me see if you guys can see. So you guys, let me move me. From NBC. You guys see that? NBC. WNBC. That's the peacock. WNBC. I think Jay said something about a peacock. Uh, so that means it's peacock satanic. He said that religion worships the peacock, the shootars or whatever. It's funny, and, and NBC is the peacock. But back to my point. The forces to which the crew were exposed during the orbiter breakup were probably not sufficient to cause death or serious injury. Presidential Commission on Shuttle Challenger Disaster. So this is the truth that they give us, guys, that they would have lived as it's presented. It, they wouldn't have died because they didn't, hit, they didn't impact the water hard enough. So this is the revelation of the method. This is the trap in the woods that they tell you that it's fake, that anybody with half a brain can see. If you have five brain cells you can rub together, you can realize this is a bunch of malarkey. And that these astronauts were obviously hired actors, military people, as if you want to think about it, basically like CIA agents, meant to do a special mission. Duh. And they live. I know you're like, duh, what are you talking about? But th this, is what, this is why I get mad. I know I'm the conspiracy guy. I know what I say is crazy. I get that. I'm not arguing that. But what I'm telling you is when they say... They show you the crash and then they even tell you that the forces to which the crew were exposed during orbit breakup were probably not sufficient to cause death or serious injury. So they even say they would have lived the explosion. Let's keep And Later, NASA is unable to determine positively the cause of death of the Challenger astronauts, but has established that it is possible but not certain that the loss of consciousness did occur in the seconds following the orbiter breakup. Musgrave, who is a medical doctor and surgeon, who is a medical doctor and surgeon is Musgrave, who is a medical doctor oh. and surgeon. Consciousness did occur. Let's just read this one more time and we'll keep going. NASA is unable to determine positively the cause of death of the Challenger astronauts, but has established that it is possible, but not certain that loss of consciousness did occur in the seconds following the orbiter breakup. So now they're giving us like this double speak. So they don't even know how they died. Let's keep going. In the seconds following the orbiter breakup. Musgrave, who is a medical doctor and surgeon, is quite certain. You died when you hit the water. You know that. You think so? That's always been so. controversial. I don't know, sir. There's nothing controversial about that. Did you hear him? He goes, there's nothing controversial about that. So look how staunch this guy is in making us believe it. Like he, It's like his life depends on Listen to this guy. You died when you hit the water. You know that. You think so? That's always know, been sir. controversial. I don't know, sir. There's nothing controversial about that. He says there's nothing controversial. No. It's hard evidence. Yeah, he died when you hit the water. At the bottom of the ocean, investigators found that some of the crew's emergency oxygen masks had been turned on. Said another astronaut, Scobie fought for any and every edge to survive. He flew that ship without wings all the way down. They were alive. You could have lost consciousness at that altitude. They were alive. Scobie fought for any and every edge to survive. He flew that ship without wings all the way down. They were alive. They were alive. Guys, here, let me put the let me put the link. You could have lost consciousness.
Well, let me let me let me exit out and put it in the chat. This is the video. I should have done it first. This is the video we're watching. Let me go back to that. Let's see. Hold on. Without Scobie fought for any and every edge to survive. He flew that ship without wings all the way down. They were alive. From an astronaut, dude. Wings all the way down. They were alive. You could have lost consciousness at that altitude if it depressurized for a little while. But then, no, there's all kinds of evidence that you died when you hit the water. Okay, now for evidence number two, we're going to go through the Challenger crew. We're going to see what this Kawinky dinks. Oh, I've had three nights in a row where my sleep was better. Oh, it's because I haven't been wearing my watch. That's probably why it's sitting here. They're alive! Challenger crew found alive and well 30 years since the disaster. Allegedly. And now, you know, I like this. You know, I like this. You know, I like this. For the people that are watching it, I like this. Okay. Um, a clues Forum info. They've been uncovering more inconvenient truths for NASA as to the living astronauts who alleged were killed in the alleged space shuttle Challenger disaster, but are now found to be happily, gainfully employed in colleges and jobs related to NASA. Okay. So let's go, let's go down. There's a bunch of stuff. So this is Judy Judith Resnick. Now, this is one of the first ones. Let's go, let's go through it. Let's check this out. Judith Resnick right here, and then there's a Judith Resnick of a Yale Law University. Now we got Sharon Krista McAuliffe, McAuliffe, and Sharon McAuliffe. Look at that. Look at that. With the same name? Give me a break. Okay, let's read Judith Resnick. Judith Resnick, Yale Law School. In 2010, she was named a recipient of the Elizabeth Herlock Beckman Prize, awarded to outstanding faculty in higher education in the fields of psychology or law. That year, Professor Resnick also had a cameo role in the Doug Lyman film, Fair Game. So she's an actress. First clue. Professor Resnick was given the Arabella Babb Mansfield Award, the highest honor presented by the National Association of Women Lawyers. Professor Resnick also holds a term appointment as honorary professor, faculty of law at University College of London. Resnick meaning uh, something uh, anti blah, blah, blah. So this is her. This is Krista McAuliffe. I can't even say that. McAuliffe. McAuliffe? McAuliffe? McAuliffe, I think is how you say that. McAuliffe, who knows? It's hard to say. So this is her, this is her, the first teacher in space. Now this is the teacher killed during a mission. The Council of Chief State School Officers, a nonprofit organization of public officials and education, was chosen by NASA to coordinate the selection process. Out of the initial application pool, 114 semifinalists were nominated by state, territorial, agency review panels. McAuliffe was one of two teachers nominated by the state of New Hampshire. The semifinalists gathered in Washington, D.C. Of course they did. June 22nd to the 27th, 1985, for a conference on space education is to meet with the National Review Panel that would select the 10 finalists on July 1st, 1985. She was announced as one of the 10 finalists, and on July 7th, she traveled to Johnson Space Center for a week of thorough medical examinations and briefings about spaceflight. The finalists were interviewed by an evaluation committee composed of senior NASA officials, and the committee made recommendations to NASA Administrator James M. Beggs for the primary and backup candidates for the Teacher in Space Project. On July 19, 1985, Vice President George H.W. Bush announced that she had been selected for the position. Another teacher, Barbara Morgan, served as her backup. So then they even got a backup teacher. Give me a break! Give me a break. So, Krista McAuliffe. Now we got Michael J. Smith still alive today. And they went and confronted Michael J. Smith. Now, look at Dick Scobie. This is the same guy. This guy is still alive. Fellow named Richard Scobie, who bears a striking resemblance, 30-year time lapse considered, to the Challenger's commander, Rick Richard Dick Scobie, is to be found alive and well as the CEO of a company called Cows and Trees, which is weird. Here's the company's website intro featuring a rocket-powered cow swirling around smoke in the sky, much like the Challenger shuttle as it was seen exploding. Look at this, dude. Look at the weird symbology, and it's a six. And it's like a long six. It's like a 666 type six. 
Incidentally, yet interestingly, the son of Challenger Commander Richard Scobie uh, is today the Deputy Director of Operations for NORAD, which of course was accused of having failed to intercept the hijacked planes on 9-11. Wow, I didn't know that. We learn something new every day. So this guy's like has a military intelligence family, Dick Scobie. Give me a break. Now, the next two seemingly still alive Challenger crew members are a bit of a different matter. These two lookalikes both claim to be brothers of the two respective Challenger mortars. Yet both bear a striking resemblance to their allegedly deceased back in 1986 brothers. Could the two of them possibly just to be pretend just pretend to be the brothers of the the brothers of themselves? Sorry, that sentence is confusing to read. Excuse me. Ronald McNair and Carl McNair. I mean, give me a break. Look at this. Ellison Anazuka, Claude Anazuka. I mean, give me a break. Break me off a piece of that lie cat bar. Okay? Okay? Y'all see this? Y'all see this? They say that these people are alive. They're just their twins. Sure, bud. Sure. And you, and, and, and you survived the impact. And you survived the impact. I'm just saying, you guys need to do your own research, but they can identify all these people. And, oh, look at this, the Neutral Buoyancy Lab. Ooh. Look at how many people, when they do one space mission, they're supposed to be out there eight hours by themselves. Look how many people are in the pool while they do a, a, their fake spacewalk. These people are such liars and cowards and thieves and, and terrible people. Very sad world we live in. I mean, there's so many fundamental lies, but guys, this is a joke. What are they learning? All this money could help actually solve something. And now they're just in this like clandestine pool meant to like scare us, basically. I know that's like not, you don't think it's meant to scare you. It's supposed to inspire you to be like, oh, look what they put into it. But I mean, they're under, they're in the pool. It's a revelation of the method. All these people are like tatted up with tanks filming. It just seems so inorganic and synthetic that it just can't be real. It just can't be real. It's such a movie set. There's no way that these parts like function like they're supposed to. More underwater experience for those Hollywood reality shows made underwater. During medical school, she did so so like guys, this breaks it down here. I'll put the chat, I'll put this in the chat too. You know, this breaks it down a lot of um, you know, a lot of what's going on in this uh in in this article. So you guys need to check it out. Uh Warner Von Braun, of course, the, the space program was started by, you know, Operation Paperclip to bring a bunch of literal Nazis over to start our space program. So, I mean, come on. We know that NASA, they're plant playing by the rules. They're doing a bunch of fuddy, duddy, malarkey, burrapo. We're not going to hang with it anymore. We're not going to hang or bang, you know, and that's, that's part of what we do here at the Conspiracy Castle is we're trying to expose the people that are trying to, you know, steal our good vibrations, okay? So that's what I'm trying to say, dude. I'm trying to get it right, get it tight, try to not fall into that trap that they set for us. Like, we see them, even on the news, come and tell us that they would have survived the crash, okay? So why even tell us that? It's because they feel obligated to because it's part of their karma. And these people do believe in the, you know, karmudic law or whatever the right word is. I don't even know. But there is some sort of ritual to this and rules that they like to make up and that they try to abide by. And that's literally what's happening with the revelation of the method. Oh, yeah, we can survive the impact. Well, no shoot, Sherlock. Well, no shoot. It's just really kind of obvious, and that's why I get frustrated. It's not like I get it, you know, it takes a while to learn all this, and I'm not saying that it's an easy process because you really have to dive in and, like, you have to really free your mind and let your body be free and suspend disbelief to actually look at this stuff seriously to realize what's going on. Um, so that's what it's about, guys. That's what it's really all about at the end of the day. You know, they're stealing our loose, they're stealing our good vibrations, but they're telling us they're doing it, and that's part of it. So as soon as we can start making conscious decisions to live a better life, not under that trauma-based mind control, 
not under that stolen Lucian. That Lucians are a good vibration. That's that's what they want. It's that energy that they crave. They want us in a negative state. So they're they just want to feed on us like batteries. Because that's how the hive mind works. If it can get us all under one ruler, like Satan, it gets itself so strong and they get so much more actual sensory pleasure from it. Like, you know, they can actually get like, you know, aroused, for lack of a better word, from it, from the power and from the suffering of other people. So what do we do? We have to not fall into that trap because that's the trap that they set out for all of us. So like I said, guys, I just want to come on here and do a little short stream. I was like, you know, I didn't want to... Um, I didn't. I had to delete the stream earlier from the, the patrons, so I want to do like a patrons post-show. So today we did a... Uh, I think it was a three-hour show, maybe three-and-a-half-hour show with Jaron and David Weiss, and we just, you know, we get crazy in the chat, and you can only say so much stuff. Hopefully this stream I'm gonna, I can leave up, I believe, because we didn't say that much stuff. I don't think so, but... I really just wanted to come on here... Okay, and get a little video in. Basically, do a post show, so maybe I can drive some traffic. Because if you guys do want to support me right now, you know, probably one of the best ways to do that is to go to the Patreon, uh, conspiracycastle.com/slash/patreon or <laughs> conspiracycastle.com, patreon.com/slash/conspiracycastle is what it is. And my, if you want to donate through Streamlabs, it's conspiracycastle.live. Sorry, ah, I'm e-begging. I'm not good at e-begging, but you know it all helps. It does help the Conspiracy Castle. And we have a lot of freaking... Um, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Tomorrow, we'll be making a cameo on Jaren's show. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to film some stuff with the camera. I'm going to... Uh, you know what I mean? I'm going to just freaking take care of business, dog, dog. TCB, taking care of business. I'm primetime 99 on the grind all the time. That's what I do. So thank you, Mark. Thank you for everybody that always supports. And I also want to say Suska Sagara, the $100 donation. I really, really, really appreciate that. And I, I, I appreciate all the donations. I can't tell you. That $1,400 night, if you guys want to watch that, that stream is edited and uh, it's clipped on the uh, recent uploads on the YouTube channel. That's a must-see. And I changed the limiter on the microphone. So now when I yell, it doesn't... It doesn't, uh, you know, mute itself. So that's good. So we can really get freaky deaky, for lack of a better word. That's all I'm saying. But, I mean, what are you going to do? All we can do is try to expose the hypocrisy and just look and see what they're doing and call them out. That's it. That's all we can do, guys. And we can grind and shine with a little bit of hip-hop because it's Primetime 99, Alex Stein. Thank you, Shay Shay. We're on the grind all the time. It's Primetime 99. Blow your mind every single time. One more time. I'm 99. Always on the grind. Always got to shine. For your candy ass. I'm the professor. I'm teaching class. Got the webcam, hope you like my jam. Call me peanut butter, yes I am your man. Peanut butter jelly, I'll make your belly feel so good when you eat this truth sandwich. Tastes like that hamwich, but it's vegan. You're not cheating, what are you seeing? I'm a pimp on a blimp, eating steak and shrimp. One more time for your candy ass. I'm prime time. I'm the one teaching class. One more time. Number 99. Always on your mind. Always gotta grind. Always gotta shine. Always gotta grind. One more time. I'm number 99. I love each and every one of you. Think about you when I do a number two. Yes, I like you. Yes, I wear my shoe. Tied in a knot. Yes, I think you're hot. Cause the fire is so hot. I'm burning in my suit. Gonna kick you with the bottom of my boot. If you don't scoot that big stanky butt, I'ma be in the club saying what's up to the hoes in the back. Saying they holla. I'ma make them do it. Do it for a dollar. I'm prime time. 
Always on the ground. Always blow your mind. What? Glass, young bitch ass, young candy ass, trauma based by control. Don't be a hoe. Say goodbye to a player named Joe Biden. Yes, we riding. Racial lame mean, what is you hiding in that dress? Let me see. I'm prime time in the Hall of Fame and the VIP. All freaking day. What can I say? Come in, Jose. I'ma shine bright, just like a light. I love y'all, guys. Peace. Y'all have a good one.